Okay. Okay. You got Sean with us today, huh? Yeah, you know what? It's a special day. You know what I'm saying? It's a good day. Good afternoon. Friday. All right. It is Friday. Yeah. Maybe the last warm weather day around here. Oh, yeah. You're in Chicago, right, Sean? Yeah. Supposed to get to like 70 something and 77 tomorrow. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's been over. It's still, we still been in the the seventies, eighties high out in Texas. Yeah, I got to go to Houston last week for the first time last weekend. Oh man, your son's out there or something, right? He's in Dallas, um, okay. but a friend of mine turned fifty, so he uh, had his fiftieth birthday party down there. He moved to Houston. Houston is an interesting city. Yeah, very man. Actually, I've never been there before, but. Been tempted yeah. to go and check it out. <laughs> Feels like Atlanta. It's like a smaller Atlanta, more diverse than other parts of Texas I've seen. So mm-hmm. that's what's yeah. up. You been to Houston, bro? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been oh, a few times. Yeah. Um, not that big of a fan, to be honest with you. I just didn't want to disrespect Slim uh, <laughs> Paul Wall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pulled out the Texas and all of the folks that rep Houston. I just didn't want to say that. You know, I know they listen to this podcast. No, I'm not not a fan at all. Uh, it's too damn spread out, too humid, too hot. Uh, they, like when you say around the corner, out. 30 miles away. Out. Around the corner is 30 miles. Oh, man, that's just Texas, man. Bro, Texas is just yeah, nothing's far away. Yeah, nothing's close, man. And uh, I mean, it seems like it is because you get there in 15 minutes, but you don't want 20 miles. <laughs> yeah. Expressway, well, they so. have some good black owned businesses and restaurants. And I even think the the venue he had Saturday night, I think that was a black owned spot, too. Oh, yeah, I heard a I lot. Know of those are fewer and far between, especially in Chicago. Oh, you know, they got plenty of black people. You know, uh, I think <laughs> Katrina swept a lot of them over that way. I'm not sure. Yeah, all right. You're right about that. So, you know. It's my yeah, you're right from Louisiana. You're absolutely right about that. We might like to take a hard left on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we only got five listeners. So, <laughs> hey man, I guess hey, we talking about you talking about what's true to us, man. How we feel about a particular ethnicity group or whatever. So, it's no harm done. So we good. <laughs> yeah, but I'll get no. Anytime I've been to Houston, I've had fun. Don't get me wrong, but I've never ever yeah. thought about living there. But I've had fun on the numerous occasions I've been. So yeah. I, yeah, I know they got some, I'm sure I'll go back. Yeah. I know they got some nice high rises with the uh, waterfront high rises that we wanted to check out, you know, some condos. So I'm gonna check it out though, man. Yeah. yeah. Meaning to. It's like four hours away from us. So okay. is it that far? Oh, I thought it was closer than that. Yeah, oh. it's four hours. Okay. Austin is like an hour away. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. And if you don't know Sean, I'm in San Antonio, man. So Okay, yeah. I like San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, man, I love it, man. We just went to a winery last night. It was, man, it was so beautiful, man. It was just a, a winery up in the hills, man. It was a good time, good people, man. So, so, so now you're from the west side of Chicago, you know, um, and it sounds like now you're just really repping San Antonio, talking about wineries <laughs> in the hills, the countryside, hiking. I remember when I first met you, you wouldn't say nothing like that. Hey, son, I killed <laughs> my first pig last last week, man. Oh, you out there hunting too? Yeah, man. Hunted, killed my first pig last week, man. See what I'm saying? If he was on the west side of Chicago, that would mean something <laughs> totally different. Killed my first pig. I was shooting BBs at rats out there. <laughs> how long How long you been in San, in San Antonio? 
Uh, three years now. Uh, actually going on four. So I mean, I've been okay. there. Got here in 2019. Yeah. Day before my birthday, April. Got here April April 10th. And man, it's been, you know, been loving it ever since. It's just been yeah. a. And actually, See, I thought about <laughs> I thought about living somewhere warm because I want to get like more outdoorsy stuff. You know, if that makes sense. Come on, come on, come on out here, man. <laughs> you know, if I'm trying to find the areas that make sense. You know, I would say, man, look at those tax-free states: Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Arizona. Not that mm-hmm. Arizona's a little bit further away, but uh, definitely, I know when I left Chicago, I said I'm never moving anywhere colder than Chicago, and. There ain't anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, what? You got Minneapolis. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Minneapolis. And now I'm like, oh, no. Now, I've only been there once, and that was full work. Right. But, but, you know, we're talking about moving. And, Sean, I know you moved a lot. And, you know, I, and mm-hmm. I met you right before you were moving. And Tone now has moved. People don't realize it's, it's very hard. Many people don't move from their home. They don't move outside that metro area very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always bothered me. What, what do you mean? It, but that like nobody moved that you left. When people don't move, especially where I come from, you know, being a smaller city coming from Cleveland, there's just so much more out there. And I think that um, people kind of get set in their ways and they get comfortable and they want to maybe right, wrong or indifferent for some people. They just want to be around, have that family environment and be closer to everybody. Um, But I love being able to get out and just have an adventure, try different cities, meet new people, learn new stuff, you know. Um, I don't know if you can do that if you just stay in the same spot for a long time. Nothing wrong with going back home, but right. Uh, but we ain't no tree, man. <laughs> we don't have to stay there, right? Yeah, yeah. man. And, you know, and I think the answer to what you're saying, son, I think I think they're just caught up in that that right, like this is where my family uh, has been, this is where I grew up at. You know, this must mm-hmm. be what it's supposed to be. And that's not the case. You know, Brian and I talk about this all the time, but you know, getting uh, getting in a different area, getting a different perspective. You you don't know that perspective unless you when you stay in the same area code or you stay in the same block. You know. Oh you, yeah. You can't venture out to another perspective. You you kind of just stuck in that same perspective, and like you said, meeting new people, understanding new cultures, new new uh, just ways of life, and mm-hmm. you know. And I I agree with you there, man. It's I've seen um I've had folks in my family, one in particular, uh, very close to me from back home, um, was hardcore thug back home. And he he moved out and then started to experience different cities and lived away for a while. And you see the progression of just opening up to new things and trying different experiences and, you know, talking about wineries and stuff like that, like the... <laughs> 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been the conversation. And I, I feel like if sometimes when people stay in that one spot, those conversations don't change. Sometimes when I go home, some of the same people still having the same conversations they had when we were kids. Yeah. And, and, and you know, um, I was really surprised when Tony moved, you know, when he told me he was moving because the way it happened, one, you know, it was later on in life. And I could tell he was just, you know, really ingrained in Chicago. And it, it is a great city, by the way. And all his family was there, at least close family, close friends and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think the way it happened, we probably talked about this on a previous podcast. He was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go out to uh, San Antonio or something. But then the next time he called me, he was like in San Antonio. You know, so, <laughs> and it was like a couple of days later. So I think he called me maybe the day before he was leaving and then called me when he got there. And I know it's definitely um, 
tough moving, but I welcome it. Now, what's funny about Sean talking about moving and leaving, you know, this is the same guy that was mad at LeBron for leaving Cleveland. <laughs> for different reasons. Different reasons. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah, you know, I go back. Um, and you, you brought up a good point. Moving is hard, right? There's a lot of uncertainty of going to a different city. And I moved with the kid. So it was me and Cameron moved out here and I didn't know anybody. But I'm like, I'm going to take the risk anyway, because I didn't want to regret it um, mm-hmm. down the road. I kind of put checks and balances in place. I knew that I didn't know the city. I didn't know the hood here. So I had to live outside of it. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, be ignorant of it. So there were just different checks and balances. I put you to the suburbs okay. first. Yeah. Which one were yeah. you in? Uh, when we first got here it was Westmont. Oh, okay. Okay. We're in Westmont, right in the heart of the city now. Yeah. Yeah. Westmont. So then we were like Aurora, Naperville, Plainfield area. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went to school in LaGrange. So, yeah, we were burbs for a while. So once he went off to college and everything, I love being able to come to the city. Man, that's what's up, man. Yeah, I like the place you got, man. It's a nice place there, man. Yeah, West Loop is dope. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, man. Really nice. Yeah, man, you know, I still love Chicago, man. It's just, you know, I've just been there all my life. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's just... Being out here in a different environment, you know, in the hills and like you said, hiking and, you know, I hike every day, you know, and See, that's that stuff I want to be able to get into because yeah, come out here and visit me, man, for a week, man. We should all uh, should, should all do a little trip, man. Well, yeah. Do the trip, come visit me. <laughs> the thing about Chicago, like I'm loving West Loop, but we're always it's like dinner, drinks, show, dinner, drinks. Drinks, mm-hmm. dinner, yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a concert. Maybe there's a. We went to an NPR thing um, when they were doing a live show. It it gets kind of, <laughs> you know, not Monday. It's exciting, it's fun, but it's like that's our life right now. Yeah, I know no, it's a first I, world problem, but I know <laughs> um, when I was living in, living in that area, well, I guess I'm still tied to it. I said I wish I lived lived a little bit further out. Because to that point, you know, once you're really close to Chicago, you really don't have a desire to go out anywhere else. Like, think about it. You're downtown Chicago. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go and hit it up in Schaumburg tonight. You're like, what? Yeah, never. <laughs> you never. Know, you never get out. <laughs> you know, right. people are like, oh, you got to go to Milwaukee. It's just like a baby Chicago. It's like, hmm. Like, no, I'll, uh, I'll walk across the street. I'm in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That's a good then point. Because you, you got everything there at your convenience down in the, mm-hmm. the loop area. You know, everything is just there. So, you know, and it's. You know, so it's why go out anywhere else? You know, you right. stay within that vicinity, you know, so. But then there's not like the the hiking, you know, the scenic views. They're trying to put in some, um, they got some running trails and experiences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're like into the urban working out, like the street and dodging people and all that other stuff, it, <laughs> they got that. But, you know, that's that hiking. You, you want to go there. sit in nature. Yeah, yeah. I feel you, man. I think you got to go far out for that here. Yeah, like Payless. I think I used to go out to Payless, Payless Heights. To, mm-hmm. uh, right off of 83 or something. Not too far from Westmont, actually. Yeah, out there way in Schomburg area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. See, that's I the stuff I want to do versus the um, – I like the restaurants and stuff, but the, the eating and the drinking, I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, <laughs> find you other stuff. For a shift. Huh? <laughs> Just ready for a shift in life. Yeah, yeah. Getting older. 
but but definitely, man, I think the South at this stage, uh, in this age, man, like just being those cold weather places, that pace, you know, we need to start thinking about backing off that a little bit. It didn't make mm-hmm. that more the place that you visit. So, right. you know, I'm in Chicago a lot, um, primarily down here in Alabama. Now I'm not on the East Coast as much. I just only go up there once a month or so for a few days. But, you know, I can see it now better or clearer that, that I'm, you know, without all those distractions, I'm able to think about other stuff. So I've been able to expand my bandwidth since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Great music. Yeah, <laughs> What what, <laughs> what ringtone is that? No, that was uh, <laughs> like my, mermaid or something. <laughs> my Bluetooth. <laughs> my Bluetooth uh, picked up on the on the roadcaster here. I didn't know it was turned on. Let me turn that off. Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry, gents. But what I was saying was that uh, I think my bandwidth has expanded a bit, mm-hmm. where I'm able to just think about other things, start more, um, whether it's hobbies. We're trying to turn hobbies into actual businesses, you know, since mm-hmm. I've been out here in the South. And I know Tony, he's taking a break for a second. He'll be with us in a minute. Um, as I, <laughs> we been in the South, I have looked at several ventures going back mm-hmm. to 2020. I probably looked at maybe 10, 15 different deals, uh, gotten close to landing two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't pan out, but I wouldn't have had time to do that if I didn't have like that headspace. And now I'm in the verge of closing two more deals. So, mm-hmm. You know, you get a chance to, um, you get a chance to really just, it just frees up your mind. It's just a bit more clarity. Yeah, the pace is slower. Uh, yeah, the weather is warmer, but you really just get a freedom that you didn't have before. And I, I got to tell you, people, I have been maximizing this flex work, work from home, uh, hybrid model, whatever you want to call it. I tell you, I have saved so much time by not traveling to and from work, not worrying about what to wear to work. Not having that bullshit ass water cooler talk that sucks up all your time when you're in the office. Like right now, I would have been spending this time doing water cooler talk, but instead, I'm having a podcast. So, um, you know, I am an entrepreneur in, in case my employer is listening to this. So, I'm not working on that time. It, it is lunchtime. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah man, that's that so open, it but opens up time. Yeah. Interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, you've been working from home uh, lately? Or? Uh, I go in the office. <laughs> we do, uh, for the most part, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I try not to go in Mondays. I definitely don't go in on Fridays, uh, but I try to do the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. But I like being there um, just because I got this FOMO of stuff moving around and happening when I'm not there. <laughs> That's Brian. You know? Brian, same way. I used to. I got real, real quick. It didn't take me long. I used to be the same way. You know, I am I am picking up some of those principles of uh, you know, measuring myself on driving results through others, building processes and seeing how much they follow them, whether I'm there or not. So I I I don't worry about it moving around me like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to make sure I have a good handle on what the people are doing and that they're moving it in the right direction. How it gets from point A to point B, I don't necessarily consider myself with the middle stuff as much. Yeah. But a lot of people worry about that. I know I've had a few uh, managers and, you know, I use this name because I hang with Tony Romero used to be like that, Sean. He's like, Brian, I don't know what you're doing. He said, all I know is I give you something or you're working on something. I I know when you started it. And I know when it finished and and the results of it, which were fine. Mm -hmm. But in between that time and when it started and when it finished, I have no clue. 
what's going on. Yeah. And I didn't quite know what he meant at the time. I was like, okay, good. And I just kept it moving. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going to the company I'm at now. And my manager did not like that at all. They wanted like constant up. They wanted to know. And they and it was like, well, I see, I know you're doing something because it, it, a finished product shows up, but what's yeah. happening when it, you know she want she wanted to know the sausage making. And I call it yeah. the black box. Some people can't handle when it goes in the black box and trust that it comes out. They don't trust the process. Right. So I became more of a process person, trusting the process, uh, doing things around controlling the controllable and all those things. So so, so I know what you mean about that formula. That, that is a thing that people, and you, you're a very senior leader yourself. You're wondering what's going on when I can't mm-hmm. see it. What's happening in that black box? So right. it just took me a while to, since I was a, a, a guilty of being a person who worked in a black box, I had to learn how to just accept that that's how some people get work done. And yeah, work- you know, another thing that gets me, so I always want to know what's going on around the office and the company, but I always want to have a, a, a finger on the pulse of the team, Right. Um, cause I try, I've been lucky enough to have some great people on the team that make my job a lot easier. So I want to make sure we aren't running good people off. Cause I've seen companies, you know, run off great people just because, you know, once shit gets stirred up, nobody's dealing with it. Nobody's addressing it or nobody knew about it. Right. I like to just have my finger on the pulse. How are people doing? How are people feeling the health and well-being? Are people getting things done for home? We see what you're doing professionally, but like there are some key people where I'm like, no, I got to make sure this person is good because I don't want to lose this person. Anybody can be replaced. I get that. It's hard to replace somebody good, bring in somebody good and then train them up to work the way you work. And that just that's more work for me. So I'd rather try and (laughs) keep the people who are good in a good spot where they keep doing good work. And, And then, like you said, the key thing I picked up is like keep them in a good mental space. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're uh, you're looking at that as a, you know, a key point, because, right, you know, all of us work from our mental space. All is mental. So, you know, yeah. you know, keeping their mental health and and and, and checking, you know, for those uh, checks and balances. That's that's what's up, man. I mean, you, you think about if everybody was that that's a you're, you're being a leader, you know, you're not a boss, you're a leader, a boss just want to get the numbers, want to get the insights, the matrix, you know, and don't care about what's going at home, you know, but, you know, that's a leader role position to, to really I look feel at. like I have to, because it takes me a while to trust the people. I got to, they got to build a rapport. We probably got to build a rapport with each other. But once I trust you, I don't want to lose you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm particular about the way I work with people and who I work with. So, you know, once you got somebody, I think it's important to pay attention to that stuff. They don't always come into the office, but I'll be there. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes it great. Everybody has a different style on how they tackle things. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what you want to have. Um, now, now, you're talking about good people. Let's talk about those people that suck. You know, you have more good people or more bad people. You know, you could talk, you got a subject to talk about that all day long. <laughs> right. But no, seriously, are there more people that are mediocre to great? Or mediocre to subpar? Mediocre to subpar. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there's few. It's probably with anything, right? It's few cream it's, at the crop and the rest, you know. Especially in this day and age when nobody wants to take responsibility and everybody's like a victim, you know, and, and, and wants something for nothing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's. <laughs> well, yeah. that I'm learning is. um. Cause I, I got a diverse team too. And 
different cultures, that privilege, privilege is real. Mm-hmm. I get asked things yeah. where I'm like, I would not <laughs> dare to even ask that. Like, why is that? A, but <laughs> some people, some cultures got a level of comfort with it. Uh, I ran into that too. Uh, man, that's a whole that's a whole subject in itself, right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I don't even know if we have time to get into that. Yeah, we were talking about that with you guys, with, with you and Herman. Remember, Brian? About yeah, the, uh, the privileged <laughs> culture, man. They don't even know it. Don't even know it. You know. Yeah. So what are you yeah, people. Yeah, dealing with that is a challenge. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly <laughs> intentionally try not to manage people that are under thirty five. It's just oh. not gonna go well. Hmm. Not that I don't hire them. Yeah, I just don't manage them. So I'm not this girl. Oh. We're too out of touch. Like you and said, see, a majority of my team probably falls into that 28 to just getting 40. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll definitely be a, a bloodshed in the yeah. office every day. Your, your level of patience have uh, drawn thin with those, that group, huh? Man, I'm telling you, it'll look like uh, uh, that battle in 300 or the red wedding, just <laughs> like heads rolling. I, I, it's just like you said that privilege yeah. just drives me nuts now mm. something I talk about this on a previous podcast is our own fault when you mm. raise people in a society of everyone gets a trophy don't be bullied uh it's mm. okay to fit it's okay for this and that you know you fail you still gonna get fed mm-hmm. what you expect mm-hmm. them to be when they're adults you know you expect them to you know know you can't have an yeah, ice cream and asking i'll get the ice cream you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you why 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 are we shocked when a 25 year old think they should have been promoted yesterday and they only been there for two weeks? Why are we shocked when a 28 year old has the audacity to tell their boss what to do, and they only been on the job for for two hours? Why are we so shocked? These people literally failed at everything and still got the same benefit as the person who did the best. <laughs> How the hell are you giving the same size trophy to 30 people? I mean, it went through right. 30. Everybody had the same thing, so they don't know. Yet we mm-hmm. seem to be surprised when someone comes there and says, like you say, hey, I'm asking for, they're asking for some, uh, they have, think there's a such thing as privilege or they're asking for this and that. Why yeah. would they think any differently? And why do we get mad about it when that's what we taught them? Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, it, it's just weird trying to balance it because it, it kind of comes out of left field and it, it takes some letting some folks down, right? You know, when promotion time comes, it's always a complicated time. That's one of the weirdest times of year review time man because i what i try to get my team now i try to let them understand the inner workings of how all that stuff works right if we're talking about it at the beginning of the year your time to be promoted or get a raise is over it's already been written you know but that's when people start to think i'm gonna ask for a raise i'm asked for a promotion now we talked about that in october to get ready for january february (laughs) and i don't think a lot of people know that so i share it with people and I let the team know, like, September, October is where you want to start thinking about your career, you know, mm-hmm. and think about, are you looking for a promotion? Hopefully you got an IDP in place. Start to think about the pay that you want to start to ask for if that's where you are. Because all What's those the, what's the, what's the IDP, Sean? Uh, individual development plan. Okay, okay. You know, so that's when you get all that stuff done in Q2, Q3. And then Q1 is where, you know, the action starts to happen. Like, were you eligible for the promotion? Was there a budget for a raise? You know, but some people wait to the review and then they, they, I think they come off pissy from it because like, I wanted a promotion. Well, you're just now talking about in February. We should have been talking about that in September because either I could have told you no straight up or we could have made a plan, (laughs) you know, 
but people just don't know sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also the thing that I'm facing with these uh, as younger people enter the workforce, and I may have talked to you about it, Tone, is because they've been falsely rewarded. This is my opinion. They've been falsely rewarded. They don't understand. They, they think that they should get uh, over and above credit for trying or for working hard. Mm. And I told someone on my team, and, and, and I'm pretty sure she had a conniption almost in tears when I said, I don't reward effort. They're like, what do you mean I don't reward effort? I said, you tried and you failed. Okay, I'm not going to give you a book. I said, that's why you didn't get fired, because you tried. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, think about it. You're on a sports team. I said, you play sports. I said, if you ain't producing, you get cut. It don't matter how much right. practice you put in. If you ain't yeah. putting up points, you gone. Right. If you ain't taking sacks, you go. I said, and they would just. I, I, I didn't understand that simplistic uh, view. Huh? Not at all. Yeah. It took me two weeks to figure out how to how to frame it for them. And I said, okay, me as a leader or an evaluator, what am I supposed to do when hard work doesn't pay off? You worked hard, but it didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. We had goals. We had targets. I said, what am I? How am I supposed to rate you? Am I supposed to give you a raise and a bonus and promote you? Yeah. I said, it didn't pay off. I said, so that's what I mean when I say I don't reward effort. I reward it with a pill. Yeah. Or even working hard doesn't necessarily, or having a lot of work doesn't mean promotion. Because I get that a lot. Oh, so busy. I'm doing all this. I'm like, that's that's the job. You know? (laughs) It's part of it. Being busy doesn't necessarily, having a lot of work doesn't mean I'm ready for the next level. It just means I got a lot of work. But I think people take that as I'm doing so much, I should be promoted. So what I'm getting, they don't look at the end result as much as as uh, they should be, pretty much. They just want to say that they're doing something, they're, they're putting in reps and sets, and it's like, no, you ain't built that muscle well, yet. I'm working out, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going to the gym. Like going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always in the gym. I'm, I'm always, always in the gym. gym. And, and then you guys deal with different, so many different uh, perspectives and aspects of people that, and with that same type of mentality, you know, that you have to, you have to come across with this type of conversation with, you know, that's, yeah. that's got to take a lot of patience. It does. And some people receive the message better than others. Most people don't. Uh, like I say, these young, yeah. this younger crowd doesn't understand it at all. Like at all, like no. you said, they think, like you were saying, they're not not only are they not measuring the output or the productivity of their work, they're not looking at their peer set to the left or to the right. Yeah. You know? So they're kind of just yeah. kind of measuring it on their own, like how they feel about it. They literally using no benchmark except for I think I worked hard, therefore yeah. I think yeah. I deserve. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, what are you measuring that against? And so it is. It, it's a lot to deal with, but uh, wow. especially now in this like say new age workforce where people could quit. I mean, I've never ever encouraged anyone to never, to not quit a job. Matter of fact, I encourage it. If you're not happy, don't complain about it. Do something about it. You know, mm-hmm. so Absolutely. I'll do my best to make you happy as happy as the best I can do. But if that ain't good enough for you, you got to find somebody that can be better for you. So mm-hmm. I, I encourage it. You ask me if you, uh, do you think I'm ready to take this on or that? I'll tell you. <laughs> like yeah. yes or no but hey feel free to do what you want to do you ask me my input i'm gonna give it to you uh so so it's just how do you give them their input i've been doing it in writing now because i lean on those idps hard the individual development plan because when somebody yeah. says they want to do something or be promoted okay let's put it on paper we come up with the plan of things we think need to happen and then when they don't do it i can always go back to hey well this was right here what happened you know how do you lay it out for them <laughs> 
Yeah. So I use a little bit of that. Uh, mostly the time I go, just coach them along the way. They, they got a good idea ahead of time. What I don't think about them. So it's like really no <laughs> surprise. And, and they know where they, where they have gaps and stuff. Cause I'm very repetitive and methodical in my talk in nature. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm talking to the team or individual, I always tell them like, Hey, you're going to hear this more than once from me. And I say, the reason why it's going to take you a while to actually remember it and process. Mm-hmm. It. And for, I stay consistent. I say, here's when I know I need to stop repeating myself. When you start saying it before I do, when other people are carrying your message for you, you know, mm-hmm. you've gotten it across at that point. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good <laughs> point. Speaking of, <laughs> for Christmas, here's a stocking stuff for you. I got a book coming out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but because what writing it down on paper does, they come up with so many reasons as to why they fail. Mm. And they never self responsible. They'll tell you, like, like you said, what happened? Oh, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. And you turn around and say, so therefore you missed it. Again, it didn't pay off. Do you think you should be promoted? The answer is yes. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> every time. You know, every time. Didn't even cross the finish line, but yet they think they they won the race. I'm like, how is that? Even That's kind of sad, though, when you look at it, too. It's, it's, you know, it's, just, it's like these are the people we have in society, the people that, you know, are the future generations. And this is how they look at life. You know, they're going to produce more and more offspring with the same type of philosophy of uh, approaching life that way. You know, it's, it's kind of sad that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that. That's know? why I try and tell them how it works, at least, you know, how I've seen it work. And I wish I would have learned that early on, because even when it's like, oh, I want to be promoted, promoted to what? We don't have a role. You know, you, you just want your role elevated because you, you're doing more work or you're, you're, you're doing the scope of the job you were hired to do. And now you want that scope to be promoted. It's, it doesn't work that way. When <laughs> I was younger, I thought it worked that way. <laughs> yeah i really did i was associate buyer i thought i'm doing the work i should be promoted to buyer it wasn't a buyer role buyer mm-hmm. roles were filled <laughs> they weren't right. just going you know oh sure you know they can elevate if you're taking on additional responsibilities and rescope and relevel you but a lot of people and i was like this when i was younger i'm thinking i'm doing a lot of work i'm doing good work i thought just make my level higher <laughs> you know and it doesn't work that way yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, how you were thinking about that. Like you said, people wanted a different result for the same input. Like, well, I've been mm-hmm. doing this. I've been doing it great. Can't you just turn this job into that? It's like, no, what, what more are you going to give me? And yeah. one of the things I learned early on, um, overachieving does have some type of consequence to it. And mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, just say if you're on a metric of rating yourself one through five, with five being the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you end up being a four, whatever you do the same, and you do the same level of output the next year, that's just your average. You're now a three. So you may be way better than everybody else. You just have higher output than most people. So you always got to think about your input, uh, your output on that, because again, by over, that is the kind of the backlash. If you're five, at some point, your same manager, they, that just kind of becomes the expectation. That's yeah. the bar that you've set for yourself. And that's where it does become, I would say a little bit, just a flaw in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everybody else will look at that rising star and say, oh, wait, they're actually better than you because they see more potential in you because in them, the reason for this, is because they haven't delivered what you have yet, but they believe they can. You've mm-hmm. already delivered what you're going to deliver. So you, that's where at that time when you start getting those high ratings, high reviews, you need to get the hell out of that job and go do something else. <laughs> you're just going to get lost in the sauce. Right. Hey, do you guys think these, uh, these accumulation of people are like lowering the standards of the, the industry in general, you know, 
No, you I don't. Just, you know, just, you know, like in. He's saying that shitty performance. Is it making everything? Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> where, where something was an A plus now is a, just a C, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? or is it just that are they are they making it like that standard for do you find more and more people are coming in with this type of standard? You know, like just because uh, it just seemed like it's common, you know, mm-hmm. to have this. I, there are a lot of hungry people. I think people do set, they settle into that. I'm going to be average. And then I don't know what will trigger someone to say, oh, I want to make a little bit more money. So now maybe I want to be promoted, but I still don't want to do too much more than what I'm doing, but I need to make a little bit more money. I like people to just tell me like, what, what are you trying to get? Are you mm-hmm. trying, is it money? You're trying to build a career. Um, you trying to evolve as a person, just be straightforward with me. But the, I think there are a lot of people that are just like, I'm going to just ride this out. And I, to an extent, that's okay, depending on what they're doing. But I'm running out of hungry people, for sure. Mm. And, and I think, Tony, when I hear the, hear the question, I don't think that the new people are lowering the value of the product that's being delivered. I think they're creating a different product. So, for instance, if you think about things that were handcrafted back in the day, you know, a lot of people put a lot of attention to detail, this and that and the other. Then we went to mass production. Mm -hmm. Uh, We may not have used the same materials and stuff like that. So some people can say that's a decline in quality, but we actually created a different product. And also Mm -hmm. at the same time started creating a different market. Because with mass production, we were able to add more little, whether it's widgets or trinkets to it. But more importantly, we could do it a lot faster. And maybe even have preserved some things, whether it's uh, the time it takes to tan leather, the time it takes to cut wood and all these kind of things. So so I think that's what the I'll call it the dumbing down does. It actually shifts you over to start creating another product. It's just that you're so they, they're going to come up with a new standard for whatever it is they're creating, which will likely very different, very differ, verily differ drastically from mm-hmm. what we used to. You said a lot in sports, mm-hmm. you know, as they start evolving, you know, in the big thing, in the NBA right now, right now. Uh, you know, with the whatever Lakers beat the Cap, I'm sorry, not the Cavaliers, anybody. Oh, yeah, like the 96 Bulls. <laughs> yeah, 96 yeah. Bulls versus the Warriors, you know, that kind of thing. You no. know, back in my day, we couldn't, it was just a different standard. And so right. they created a different product. The product that those guys created was like, it was a heavy contact sport. They have now changed the sport and say, yeah, you're right. That standard of heavy contact has gone away. Now we're more about a finesse game. We're more about the craft of shooting the basketball, the passing, the precision and all that. So they just created a different thing. So, yes, all those people um, from back. You know it changed because the light-skinned dudes got good. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I knew it changed. When Steph and uh... (laughs) – Yeah. You know, they had to get good because they were too soft to fight. So they had to figure out how to shoot. (laughs) Speaking of – Hey, what y'all got? Draymond – with the, oh, Draymond, the, the, oh man, <laughs> who should have went out there and beat the shit out of him? He should have went out there and hit him in the back of the head with a fucking sledgehammer and then went home with <laughs> his wife. That's what he should have did. You don't do that. Oh, man. You don't. There's no way we could be on the same team after that. No, no. Right. I, I know they're professionals. If somebody punched me in the office, man, no. Nah. <laughs> that's it, right. That's out of bounds. I don't, I, I, that's just too far. And I think that's part of the thing I was about to ask. What 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 is this animosity that has come up now between? I see this a lot on social media. Uh, Light skinned people do it this way. Dark skinned would do it that way. Like where did that come hey, Karen, from? That's been that's been around. I think it's that uh, that, that uh, house back nigga. in the day. Yeah, <laughs> the house nigga and the the field nigga. Yeah, <laughs> like the one dude said, that it all goes back to slavery, right? Light skinned treated better. Um, <laughs> I just finished Viola Davis book and she talks about her struggle and her career of being, 
not fitting the mold at all, mm-hmm. you know, and how she just kind of had to evolve and create a different version of what the mold was. Mm-hmm. And she always had that problem of you're too dark, you're too black, you're not light enough, you know, you're not pretty enough and all this other stuff. So I think, and she talks about it going back to the days of slavery. And you know what? I find it very interesting out here in uh, San Antonio. You know, I might chop this up a little bit, but I'm going to do it the best I can. But it's got, it, they get like 10 different versions of Mexicans out here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. So, you know, I'm saying it's got like the Mexicans that look like black people and to the Mexicans that look like white people. And you won't really you oh, won't uh, know. You, you, you've seen it before? No, I haven't. So you won't really know until you hear them talk and you're like, oh, you know, you think you <laughs> think it's a, a, a white guy, but then he started talking Mexican. Now, by no means are <clears throat> prejudiced or whatever. It's just it's just awareness. A Mexican was telling me the story. So he was saying he's one of the ones that's closer to the white side. He was saying that, uh, you know, his 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 family gets treated different than him. Like, you know, because most white people think he's he's white. Right. Mm-hmm. So and he was like the Mexicans of, you know, it's the dark you get. The mm-hmm. Lord you get treated, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of like in our culture. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, but I asked him, I said, so do you use your white privilege? You're like, oh, absolutely. Like, like <laughs> everywhere, you know, so but I just find that, you know, we're talking about our culture. So. Mm. You know, it's not, it's just, it seemed like it's not just really a cultural thing. It's really just, I think the stigma of white lighter is better than darker. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like dark is without white is with fulfillment and bountifulness. So mm-hmm. it's just, a, I think that shade of coloring just, I think that's just a, you know, it's just a stigma. You know, it's just not, it's not just our, you know, right. I well, they established what beauty beautiful was supposed to look like. Mm. Yeah. You know? And it was white. And then it was light skin or as close to white as you could get. Mm. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like there's, um, there's a movie, pa- I think it's called Passing. It's, it's set in black and white. But long story short, the black lady in the movie could pass for white. So she would go out and this was set in like the maybe the 30s, the 1930s. And she can go out and hang out as if she was a white woman. Hmm. Somebody she ran until she ran into somebody who knew her from back in the day. <laughs> and was like, wait a minute. You you <laughs> <laughs> like you out here passing. <laughs> that nigga doing on that nag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was just interesting. Like she would try and use her ability to blend in to being white um, so she can escape, you know, all the stuff you black dealing with in the thirties or forties, whenever that was. Mm. Yeah, it it is something like I said, I was just seeing it in more and more in social media. And of course, you know, you used to hear those jokes, whether it was about Christopher Williams or Al B. Shore and that kind of thing. And then, you know, West yeah. and so forth, but just to see how it's on social media, where uh, it seems like it's more dark skinned brothers are making fun of light skinned brothers. I don't, maybe it's light skinned dudes making fun of themselves. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, why y'all, I don't, <laughs> and I don't know. It just seems a little bit, bit different. Or uh, uh, to me, I don't know. I've never been light skinned, so I, I don't know. Never been light skinned. <laughs> we'll tell you, being a dark skinned brother, you take a lot of jokes, man. I got to <laughs> take a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes. Call your oil slick, 
Midnight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> slick. Shadow, blue, all kinds of stuff. Purple. Oh, man. Okay. It's crazy. Crazy. Oh, man. I would have never known. Me. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so, so probably got in a lot of fights, maybe growing up. A lot of jokes. You know, and that's what we're talking but it's about. It's changing now, right? It's, it's evolving. They got, you know, I, I think there's more people. I think beauty standards are looking different. Mm. I hope it's changing, but I don't know. Uh, you know, so much going on in this world today, bro. It's, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, just because uh, I know Sean likes this oil topic. slick. <laughs> don't don't let's see see what I'm saying. Don't say that, don't say that next week. Saying, when like, you come where, down here. Don't say that next week. Where they get that from, man? Call you oil slick. slick. That's man, I'm telling you, it's like asphalt. Don't no, it's just it's cruel. <laughs> Man, I would have never known, man. <laughs> I would not use those adjectives when I'm around. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Hey, when you turn your back. <laughs> there you go. Do it that way, man. Because words do hurt. Like we said. Uh, <laughs> last podcast, right. It could mm. be. It hit your soul. Stick don't even reach that far. It hit me. I really hit me sometimes. <laughs> to but uh, yeah, Sean, uh, uh, Tom's coming down to the Magic City next week. Alabama? Yeah, be here in Birmingham. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I'm still scared to go down there. I don't know why you hung out in Nashville. You know, but cowboy boots and, and hats in Nashville. Yeah. You say you're scared yeah. to go down there, huh, son? The South still kind of, you know, makes the hair stand up on my arms a little bit. No, I so, and I know it's I'm over-exaggerating a bit, but yeah. yeah. I'm still yeah. some areas. <laughs> it's just like anyway, you gotta gotta pick your spots. Absolutely. Um, I've never had I've I've actually faced more discrimination, racism in corporate America than ever in my life. I mean, just the the shit mm. they do to you that in your face that they think you don't see, it's just yeah. crazy. I mm. mean, just absolutely absurd what they pull on you. And I have I, what I don't know is do they really not know it or are they just that fucking evil yeah i just think they just probably a little bit of both yeah <laughs> they don't give a fuck it's just narcissist when mm-hmm. it comes to that type of stuff yeah, just give no fucks about it uh but well, then they think the they take like, care like, i'm definitely <laughs> afraid of ending up in like a small town's jail like i get pulled over for something <laughs> like i don't know why i got this I don't know this night reoccurring nightmare of <laughs> I'm driving it, through Alabama and I end up violating some law that I don't know about and I'm in their county jail or something. And that's how I felt driving through Oklahoma, coming back from Chicago out here. Man, I, we were supposed to stay a night over in Oklahoma, but man, when I seen how it was, I'm like, no, I drove straight to Texas. <laughs> yeah, now you know we went to Wisconsin um, a couple years ago. And this, like, when the election stuff was happening, was trying to get away. And, you know, the Trumpers were out there trumping hard, and they made us uncomfortable. We left early. Mm. That was just in Wisconsin. So I, <laughs> I, I imagine the South, man, they represent, and they got crazy for us. Man. Yeah. yeah those, those, those times, back in, the, back in the days with that, when that was going on, man, it was some major division with – that political uh run it was mm. crazy like very tense i'm glad that calmed down <laughs> it might gear back up because that may be the only way he can save himself from going to jail is running for president <laughs> so he might he might be back out there <laughs> and I, I just ain't been paying attention i'm i'm just tired of politics i'm just oh, yeah over it <laughs> you know i'm just 
it's, it's just, about to get interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of politics, I saw this, and I got to, you know, <clears throat> don't like talking about politics, but I saw this video clip of this meme. It was Joe Biden was somewhere. You guys may have seen it. Someone was finishing up a speech and Joe Biden was, uh, they were behind the podium with, with four of the people. There was a speaker and four of the people, including Joe Biden. The speaker finished up, he turned around and he shook Joe Biden's hand. And then he went to shake the man's hand to the person's hand to the right of Joe Biden. And then as the man, the person, the speaker was going back, Joe Biden put his hand out again to be shaken again. And, but the person went and shook the other two people's hand and Joe Biden was still standing with his hand out. Like, you want to shake my hand? Like, dude, I already shook your hand. Yeah. So if you see this, man, uh, he, he just need to go and tap out. He just need to yeah. go ahead and tap out. I don't, I don't, he, and it gets back to my point I made a long time ago about politics. Why out of 300 million people, I don't know how many of those qualify to be presidents, how many can be voters, et cetera, 350 million mm. people. Why are my choices relegated to 75-year-olds, 80-year-olds? You mean to tell me it's that much wisdom? You're trying to keep like, that. Like, how do you even make it that far? Like, why? They block you out. Like young people can't really get in those offices, can't get the money and funding. And mm. like, I like Nancy Pelosi, but she's like 82 years old. Right. She's been there since black and white days. Her and Mitch McConnell's. I'm <laughs> yeah, telling you, like, go back and look. And who's she passing the torch to? I can't even see. Like, is she even trying? It's, oh, no, she's standing. She's standing to the end. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this, this almost how like I, I think about Prince Charles when Queen Elizabeth passed away. He like, damn, hell, I'm already 76, 77. You died too late. I might only have five good years at this. Like I've been yeah. waiting for you to check out. You passed it on to me, and it's time for me to go. <laughs> like, like I picked up the torch when I can't run with it. Yeah. So you know, I guess Harry back. To, well, they, that whole system probably gonna collapse. But besides all that, we mm. we, we need more. Uh, I'm not saying we need 25 year olds in office or things like that, but I think we need more of choice when it comes to this. Absolutely. And this is why, you know, like we, you can never say that money isn't a prohibitor to you uh, getting into some of these offices because there's no way that we should be faced with. I don't know who's going to come out. I, I have no idea what's going to happen in 2024, but I know we're going to, I feel like we're going to have poor choices again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't call these people that lead the country. I actually don't believe they do, but the ones who represent it. So we're going to look at this like your beauty patch. This is who we putting out there? Right. <laughs> this is the representation. Yeah, this is all we got, really? Yeah. <laughs> think they got just another agenda going on. Yeah. And we give them a microphone. Like, why would we do that? Just sit them on the sideline. Be quiet. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, other countries look at us as a joke already, so. Yeah, but they still come here because they know they can uh, just take advantage of us or something. Again, because we sit yeah. at sitting 85 year olds on the podium you know i'm like i don't know what we're doing but uh anyway gentlemen it has been great i know you guys on a tight timeline and all that kind of thing so you know i don't know if anybody got any parting comments before tony hit our outro music sorry that was great catching up with y'all though i i'd love to do it more often i have a lot more free time on my hands coming up so Man, yeah. stop going in that office, man. You know, we we you could be on here every every week with us. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that'll be nice, Sean. Yeah, get on it. We should get on at least once a month. So man. Yeah, I'll be down for that for sure. All right. That will work. With that, man. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. We Thank out. y'all, man. Yes, sir. Cool. I'll catch up with y'all when we when y'all here. Come out here. All right, we'll do that. All right. Yeah, All right. Talk to y'all soon. <laughs>